Hey, this is Jeff Turner from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. Now over to Jarrett, Mikey, and Paul. Kapaya! <laughs> Hey Magic fans and welcome to episode 100 of Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. I nearly forgot who we were then. Um, I, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was about to say that I can't believe people are still listening to us after us doing 100 of these and uh, I just proved that we are still really, really amateur at it. But hey, there we go. <laughs> um, but I'm, Let's run on. We are going to be joined by one of our closest friends, um, the one and only Jeff Turner, a veteran of 612 NBA regular season games uh, with New Jersey and Orlando Olympic champion and Orlando's television colour analyst at uh, Valley Sports Florida. So he he will be talking to us. Um, We're going to be talking pre-season games and thoughts on the team. Uh, It's just good to be doing this. So we are recording on Saturday, the 8th of October, and uh, I'm joined by the gruesome twosome, the dynamic duo. Uh, Grant, how you doing, my man? I'm very good, mate. Very excited to have Jeff on, uh, but even more excited about our trip. I know we keep banging on about it, but this morning I told my children they're going to go and see Mickey Mouse and a bit of magic basketball, and my God, have they been excited. <laughs> we had a FaceTime call with Mikey and Lily earlier. They're up for it, aren't they, mate? And Lily's, Lily's shouting, let's go magic to your two. Oh, they're all, quality. They're all ready, quality. aren't they? Yeah, so we got a youth system in place already. <laughs> nice. So, no, I'm nice. good, thank you, Paul. I'm, I'm really good. Good couple of week, a couple of games of magic basketball this week to keep to see us through. Good to have you yeah. back as well. Yes, as you described it off off air before we started. I'm back in the so solid crew. <laughs> 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 hey, you got you got to get through this, mate. Oh, mate, honestly, what a ten days that was. Food poisoning is great for weight loss. Let me tell you. <laughs> there we go, Mikey. How you doing, mate? I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well. <laughs> first, first of all, we need to apologise for last week with uh, our voice of the valleys with this little slip of the tongue, and and I forgot to edit out of the audio part of the podcast with G <laughs> cursing. So if you heard that version. Then hopefully I had a good laugh out of it because we did, but <laughs> never mind. I know. I, by the everyone. point I listened to it, you'd edited it, so I didn't. I get had the edited other one. it. <laughs> I, I had a message. I had a message on. We had a message on Twitter. I can't think who it was now. And there was something about uh, I think the editor or the the editors missed missed cutting it out. And I was like, Nah, sure I did it. And I went through the YouTube video. I was like, That's perfect. I was like, no, nah, if I, if the video is perfect, then the audio is. And then I think I listened to it. I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> we have. We've done 100 episodes and we try and keep it clean just so everybody can listen to it. But never mind. Believe me, we get it, we get, we get it out of the way before we start. And then as we've been talking for an hour without, we uh, have another 10 minutes after. We have, a little, we have a little Tourette's moment. Yeah, we have a Tourette's afterwards. moment afterwards, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> so, let's, I'm, I'm keeping the plug short this week. 
if uh, you want to support us, the biggest thing you can do is hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, we are really wanting to get to a thousand followers and we're moving up steadily. So please subscribe. And if you know mates who are into listening, mention us and see if they'll subscribe as well. It really helps us out. But uh, let's go on to the magic news because we've had three pre-season games since uh, we last recorded. Well, since you two last recorded because uh, I wasn't available. Um I think I'd have managed about 10 minutes to talk to you between uh, having to dash off. It would have been a very short episode. <laughs> so we opened pre-season uh, losing 97-109 on Monday night in Memphis. Uh, it was a disjointed magic offence led by Cole Anthony with 17 points. RJ scored 14 and Paolo Banquero contributed eight points in his NBA pre-season debut. We took a first win. Um, a couple of nights later, over the Spurs, 102 to 99. Wendell recorded a double double, um, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Franz, with his only preseason action, Franz Wagner weighed in with 12 points uh, as he played alongside Paolo Vancaro for the first time. Nice looking partnership. I'm excited by them three together. Um, Paolo, he produced a strong. Such numbers, nine points, five rebounds, three assists, three steals. And we got a Mo Wagner cameo um, along with Mo Bamba, Bol Bol and Wendell having a bit of a slap fest as far as blocks go. Um, and then last night, we took a victory, 110-105 in Dallas. And Paolo was man of the game as far as Orlando were concerned with 19 points, uh, shooting six of 13 attempts, hitting six of 13 attempts. Downside, Jalen, Jalen Suggs, um, suffering a lower leg injury, which has been described as being a capsule sprain and bone bruise. No idea what a capsule sprain is, but there we go. His yeah. return to play will be dependent upon how he responds to treatment. Really, that's a shocker. I know. <laughs> on that, on that, Paul, I did a little bit of de- um, bit of a deep dive, and this is an um, an injury that Kendrick Nunn had last season. Okay. Kendrick Nunn didn't play at all all season, so fingers crossed. It's uh, I know I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> Cheers, <Jake. laughs> yeah. I know, I know. We don't get you know, to I say we're about to go. get Jeff Turner on. We're going to have a really good episode. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have heard it later anyway. So, um, <laughs> but I think from what other people's people have been saying on Twitter, you could be back by I don't know December, January. So we shall see. It all depends on the bruise on the bone, I think. Um, okay, so we shall see. Yeah. So, what have, you, what have your thoughts been so far on uh, what we've seen, Mikey? We've very quickly. What have you seen that you liked? Um, well, let, let's start with uh, the Memphis game. I thought. Uh, at the end of the day, it was just shaking the, ru- the, the rust off for that game for me. I wasn't yeah. really worried about the box score. Um, it, it was always going to be an ugly start, especially having missed two two whole days of practice with the hurricane. Um, so, and you're going against the Grizzlies, who who've established themselves as a really good NBA team. So that was fine. I think as the three games have gone on, we've got better. Um, yeah certainly obviously if you've, you've won two of them um, and I think some of that's obviously had to do with rotations and we've got back into the game or we've certainly taken the lead towards the end when the end of the bench are coming in and it's and you're sitting the starters um, certainly um, 
Offensively, we've got some issues. Um, I think um, we're going to touch on that with, with Jeff later as well. But that certainly has has some work to go because for a team that finished last in the league last year, that's something that we really need to improve on this year. Um, but we're going to get into specifics in a minute. But for me, RJ Hampton's been really positive uh, this week. Obviously, seeing Bancaro his debut this year, this week as well. Um, yeah, it, it was good just to have basketball back, to be honest, more than yeah, anything. Yeah, wasn't it? And, uh, wasn't it? Getting back into the routine of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and watching before I go to work. So, yeah, all good. I think that getting up early has allowed you to actually uh, experience the NBA um, app better than uh, G and I have. Uh, so, G, aside from the str- yeah. frustrations of trying to actually get a game to play, um, yeah. What have you seen that you've liked? I mean, I I only saw highlights uh, thanks to the the app of the Spurs game. I couldn't watch yeah. anything more than all possessions. So, no, what, what, I, what have you, what's been good for you, man? In fact, uh, that's exactly what I watched for the Spurs game. Thirty four <laughs> minutes of all possession, but I was able to decipher a few things from it. So, obviously, great that we were able. We, what I've seen in the last two games especially is you've still got that desire and that uh, fight in us that, you know, we're a young team, we don't care. You could be down 19 to the Spurs. You could be, yeah. you know, I think we had an eight and a half minute scoring drought against the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. Um, so they stuck to the game plan. They've changed a few things. Um, you know, instead of just settling, uh, they punched the ball in, um, just being a bit more physical. Um, obviously, Wendell Carter was superb in the uh, game as, against the San Antonio Spurs. He was an absolute monster, did, did a bit of everything. Uh, Bancaro, he's obviously grown in each game. Um, he was especially good in the game against Dallas last night. A uh, couple of moves, you know, he, he just showed a bit more composure uh, that the game was coming to him. He was just, it was one particular move I was very impressed with. Like, he could be our go-to scorer. Uh, Mikey's mentioned, you know, the offense is is a little bit disjointed at the moment. That's probably not. not Mark Elfelt's hat on, but we haven't got our proper <laughs> point guard on. Mm-hmm. But it's true. The team, no, it's absolutely the true, team, mate. But the team that is finding a way. Franz Wagner's been in and out. He's played one of the three games. Um, defense as well. Um, I thought that the San Antonio Spurs shredded us when we went to the zone in that in that second game. Um, things changed up a little bit then in the second half. Things got a bit better. So this is all going to come. And, you know, starters have played, what, 24 minutes max. So we're seeing a lot of bench play as well. Um, I know we're going to touch upon a couple of the reserve guys uh, in a second. But all in all, after three games, um, including, you know, Grizzlies, who were Western Conference finalists, Dallas Mavericks were pretty decent as well. To go 2-1 and one in week one, with you know less practices than most teams, less preseason games before they started this than most games. Um, very happy to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, other than the Jalen Suggs injury, of course. Well, yeah. you look at it. I mean, really, we've played two teams in in uh, Memphis and um, Dallas, who are really heavily fancied. Uh, mm. You know, Memphis seems to take it as a personal insult if you score a basket at all. They really play superb defence. And what can we say about Dallas with uh, 
Luca, the guy's just stunning. What I do want to mention about Dallas is I really like the pickup of Christian Wood. He looks a really strong player for them. I like how they've changed their front court, bringing in Javel McGee and him. I think they're they're really interesting. They're going to be hard to play. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Yeah, Dallas will be there or thereabouts uh, with Memphis. Obviously, San Antonio is a game. You know, let, let's be honest. We expected to win. Um, yep. And we will in the season. You know, I expect two wins off the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Memphis and Dallas are a different kettle of fish for me. Yeah. Right. So, Gene, I, I, I want to talk about uh, a couple of different players because we don't always mention these guys. But what have you seen from Bol Bol? Are you happy? Are you liking what you're seeing so far? Um, so, Bol Bol, um, you know, he's, he's played over 20 minutes in a couple of those games. Um He's obviously different to what we're used to because obviously he's almost like a guard, sorry, a forward slash centre playing in almost like a guard role. He's brought the ball up a couple of times. Yeah. I think he's been a little bit passive and indecisive um, getting to the basket, driving in a couple of times where I thought, hang on, you should be finishing there as opposed to passing it out. So I, I think that will come. Um, I was just having a look at his stat line. First game, you know, 0 of 2, 1 point. Second game, 0 of 2. A third game, 3 of 4 for 7 points uh, with 7 rebounds. So th- there's potential there. Uh, and you, you look at the guy, I wouldn't like to go up against him from being perfectly honest with you because I wouldn't get any kind of shot up. So he's going to change things. Um, even if we play him on the 3, that tall liner, and it's all about experimenting at the moment. But, you know, he's going to have competition. He's not going to obviously start. And then you've got um, OKK. I said it right. That's my first time. Um, (laughs) Mo Wagner. um, And obviously Jonathan Isaac when he comes back to compete with. So he's going to have to take his opportunities. But I I think he'll be, you know, played in uh, situational uh, possessions and probably, you know, dare I say, garbage minutes um, for, for the first part of the season until, you know, he proves himself to be uh, a proper rotation player, see what he can bring. So it's a little bit up in the air. Okay. I thought he, I thought last uh, last night's performance, he looked, he he worked in every minute that he was on the court. Um, mm. Definitely his best, his best game. Although two blocks against the Spurs were good defensive plays they put up. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. I do agree. It's kind of, yeah, okay. There's there's definitely something there. There's definitely something there. I'll be intrigued to see him play longer alongside Mo, alongside Mo Bamba. I think it could yes. be an interesting partnership. He looks like somebody who's not played a lot of NBA yeah. minutes over the last couple of years, and I think that's what he's trying to get. He's just trying to get himself going again, isn't he? Yeah. And mate, Ike, I'm going to ask you about. Uh, <laughs> he's a guy who's night and day. Uh, from how he was in summer league, uh, RJ, RJ Hampton. These three preseason games. What, what are you? What are your thoughts, mate? You said it, mate. I think the the step and the jump that he's made from summer league, where he had that pressure on him, being a third year player, who you were looking at. Right, you've got summer league to get more reps and. And and st- and stand out a little bit, and I th- and if anything, he was really disappointing in summer league. He was making yeah. bad decisions. Now, what whether some of that was the team were experimenting with him in certain certain roles, or 
or certain situations. Um, that might have been part of why he didn't look so good in summer league. But mate, he looks so composed. That's probably yeah. the best word I'd use for the first three games of this of preseason. Um, he looks like he's under control. Um, he's attacking at the right moment. There was I, I want to say it was the I want to say it was the Memphis game, and he got the ball. I think he got a rebound pushed the ball down the floor on a fast break and he sort of used the hesitation dribble and he used that seconds burst to get to the basket and finish really quickly. That looks, that that's what you want from RJ Hampton. That's that sort of possession. That's what you want to see more from him. Um, not just attacking the basket or attacking the paint without much, um, without much purpose or, not knowing quite what he's going to do. Um, and I think that's what we saw from him in, in, in Summer League. There, was, there wasn't really a lot of structure. It didn't really look like he knew what he wanted to do when he was out there. And he certainly looks like he, he's got that about him in pre-season. Um, and he's doing everything. He's shooting threes. He's playing good on the defensive side of the ball. He's rebounding. Um, I think he scored 14 against Memphis. I think he scored seven and eight in the last couple of games, but he's doing everything. He's he's finding other players. He's getting assists as well. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. It's really pleasing for RJ, and I think it's also important the fact that we're going to possibly be missing three of our guards going into the start of the season. Yeah. There's going to be uh, a lot asked of RJ, either coming off the bench or maybe even starting. Um, we that, saw it last that, night, didn't we? Really, when um, when Jalen went down. RJ was the guy who had to step into that role. Yeah. And yeah. he worked. He worked last night. Yeah, absolutely. So he put the minutes in. He he did. He did. It's good to see. Yeah. Now, gee, it's got to be I've got to ask you about this. As uh we saw a picture this week on uh Twitter now whether or not it's true or not, we don't know. But uh the NBA refs are bringing out a set of uh Trading cards for you to collect. <laughs> Some warning cards. Yeah, the warning cards, uh, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll be on my best behaviour, Paul. Unless, unless our dear friends Mark and Lauren are there, and, and of course, I want to get a card and I'll ask him to sign it for me as well. <laughs> I expect to see it framed on the wall behind you, mate. Oh yeah, it will be. It will be. Unless I can sell it on eBay. <laughs> can, can you imagine? I, I, I just know. think it's, it's hilarious. If uh, I, I can't, I, I, well, I can't see. It. I don't see it being something that the NBA refs are going to get involved in. You would surely expect that they're yeah. just going to kind of <laughs> the, I'm, tap I'm on assume, the shoulder. I'm assuming, yeah. yeah, I'm assuming it's already within the game that you know if there's somebody not acting in the way that they should near to the benches or yeah. players that uh, security are alerted. Um, I can't see that the that the refs are going to be given a uh, a new responsibility of not watching the game but watching the fans. That's not something yeah. I expect. But yeah. I just think it'd be hilarious, mate. You'd you'd have a you'd have a lovely collection, man. 
Great well, it's a good. It's, it's a good thing we're not playing the Los Angeles Lakers, isn't it? <laughs> it's also it's also a good reason why you're not sat courtside for the Warriors game when we go as well, G. With uh, getting under Draymond's Draymond Green's yeah. skin. Yeah. Call him. Call him the yeah. triple single as he's rumoured that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that's right, that is just. If such he's still a lie. there, I, I don't. I don't. There. I don't think that is true. I don't think that is true. I mean, I know it's something I'm, uh, we, we want to ask uh, Jeff about in a, in a few minutes, but man, what a situation to be in that is. Yeah, uh, it's of, isn't it? In this day and age, to have to have a leak of a video like that, um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't do much for team chemistry, does it? I'll, no, tell you, we'll get... I'll tell you what, though, it was a hell of a punch. I'm surprised to see um, Evan Fournier has tweeted out about it isn't it saying there's no coming back from this you can't how can you remain teammates I'm surprised to see him weighing in unless that's uh, would that be classed as tampering if he's trying to get him into New York he's trying to get Jordan across (laughs) New York (laughs) we found a new way of tampering well Trey what was it Trey Young tweeted was it something about Oh, he's, just, he's punched his way to to LA or something like that. I can't remember. It was something along, along those lines. The I memes are going to be out in force, aren't they, for the next yeah. few days? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, after uh, G gets his collection um, of cards, let's uh, look at what we've got coming up this week. We have our next home game is on Tuesday, and we take on the Memphis Grizzlies again. So, we've already seen what they can do. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, I mean, you don't know what lineup we're going to get, do you? Let's be fair. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if how we've developed in these three game in the two games since we've played them um, as to what we can actually do. What would you be? I, I'll ask you the question that I'm leading to. What's G? What would you want to see as progression from where we were on the first game? To playing them on Tuesday night. Um, well, first of all, it'd be great to have David and Jeff back, and we get a proper broadcast. Yeah, good. Because yeah. I'm assuming we can watch this. it. Yeah, if we can watch it. So uh, you know, have a word, league pass. Um, get it sorted. <laughs> so you want to see the, the the minutes ramped up for for the guys who are going to play. Um, for me in the regular season obviously the first couple of games everyone's getting reps you know 20-24 minutes per player or so give or take um, you want to see um, ski- defensive schemes offensive sets um, you know being performed a little bit better you want to see execution um, and just just to be a bit more competitive um, I'm sure I'm sure we will be given it's a home game and um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any much more you want in a pre-season game, but just no injuries. Just no. Injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to say to Mikey, um, do you think we'll see Franz in that game? I I do actually. Um, yeah. I I didn't think I know. Obviously, he sat out the Memphis game, and then it was made known that he was going to play against San Antonio. And I think I used our account and tweeted at Kobe Price or somebody before and said do you think he'll play in a back-to-back and and obviously he didn't so I fact the the fact that there's what two ga- two days in between the last two preseason games against Memphis and Cleveland then we've got uh, Cleveland yeah. haven't we yeah then then I think we'll um 
We'll certainly see Franz in one of them. I would definitely, I would definitely say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, the Cleveland game, um, Angus is going to be over and in the in yeah. in attendance. So hopefully uh, we get a good performance for him. So uh, yeah, let's move on then. Let's move on to getting Jeff Turner on with us. Okay, Magic fans, we are now joined by uh, a returning friend of the show, the one and only Jeff Turner. How are you doing, Jeff? I am doing good. I am so excited to be a part of the 100th episode of the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast. This is unbelievable that you guys would ask me to do that. Not David Steele, not Tyler <laughs> but Jeff Turner. This is very exciting. Wouldn't want to miss this one. We were, we, you know what, we were very conscious. We'd not had you on during the summer. We'd not spoke to you. Uh, there we go. There we, oh, so, so it was my turn. So yeah. you're <laughs> next in line. When we, when we, when we realised we, we thought, hey, <laughs> we've got to have the guy on to be special. <laughs> so yes, mate. <laughs> That's really took your legs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Just, just bring me back down. I'm just going to slump in the chair here. <laughs> uh, how are things in Florida for you guys at the moment? We're doing okay. You know, we're, um, you know, the city, uh, central Florida, still uh, parts of it are still recovering from the, from the hurricane. Um, the biggest uh, issue we had was so much rain. It really was a big one. Dumped 15 to 20 uh, inches of rain uh, on the area. And so the lakes and the rivers uh, are a little bit swollen over their banks um, and so we've got a lot of our, uh, uh, our community that's still, uh, trying to recover from that. They can't get back in their homes. And so, um, the loss of life wasn't, uh, extreme in central Florida, not like it was on the coast. Um, so we're thankful for that. And, um, you know, the organization, the Orlando magic, the DeVos family, I'm sure you guys have, uh, uh kept up with it. The DeVos stepped up. Uh, family and um, pledged uh, a million dollars for million, the recovery yeah. efforts. And so, um, you know, our organization has been very active getting out um, and doing things to, you know, raise money for uh, supplies and hurricane assistance. So um, we'll get through this. Um, you know, it's not, not, uh, not our first, uh, first go around with a hurricane, but uh, this was one of the worst. I've been here 30 some years and, uh, uh, this one was bad. So um, um glad it's moved on. And, you know, the great thing, and it always happens, is a hurricane blows through. And what it does is it takes all of the weather with it. Um, and so um, since last, uh, you know, Thursday, uh, we've had sunny skies, no rain. So I think that is, has been a blessing because it's allowed um, – allowed our community to kind of just dry out you know we didn't, we're not continuing to battle uh the rain and and uh, all the problems so uh we've been fortunate there that's good to hear man good to hear but uh, you've been working the game so far doing a bit of radio doing a bit of radio so um we've brought back uh radio full-time so uh, jake chapman um who has been our uh um radio coordinator and host and uh, is now play-by-play. Uh, -play. So um, he did a few games when he worked for the Pistons uh, several years ago, but um, 
doing it uh, for the magic. Uh, it was decided that, you know what, it might be good to have just to have for a preseason game, especially because as you guys know, there are a lot of people playing. Sometimes it's kind of sloppy. Um, so just to have another guy sitting with him. So I've done uh, all three of our uh, preseason games thus far uh, with Jake. So um, it's been good for me because, um, you know, I'm right there. I'm in the action. I've had to prepare. And um, so I'm um, pretty well versed on what we've done so far. So um, um, I, that's, uh, I, I like that. So hopefully that'll help when uh, the lights and the cameras go on with me and David on Tuesday night. And you get more practice tonight because this is uh, what we want to talk about, mate. Preseason. <laughs> all right, we want to talk yeah, about preseason. This is all we're excited <laughs> about at the moment. But mate, this, lots of lots of fans are getting overexcited um, on a couple of performances. All really hypercritical of Paolo's first outing in the preseason game. You've experienced these games, and uh, there's all the experimentation with rotations and set plays and the like. So how much notice of results and performances should people take? Well, I, I mean, I think anytime, um, you know, that, that you have a really good performance, uh, um, you kind of have to sit back and or bad performance. You look at, you know, what are the what are the circumstances? You know, uh, anytime, a lot of times the first preseason game, um, especially for for the this Magic team, because, um, you know, we just talked about the hurricane, the hurricane hit right when we started training camp. So this team lost two full days of practice where the arena, you know, the uh, practice facility was shut down. Um, so that's four practices that a lot of teams um, were able to get in. So um, it, there's a lot of uh, the chemistry, I think, is, is the hard part. So I think what you saw in uh, game one, um, the team was, uh, you know, especially that first unit with new faces and Franz is not in the lineup. Uh, Paolo's in there. Um, just kind of guys trying to figure out um, how this all works and everything. What you saw in that game was the second unit um, came in. And those guys, we're talking about Mo Wagner and Terrence Ross, RJ Hampton, Chuma, um, those guys had played together, right? So they, they, they did a little better, I thought. Uh, than that first unit. You move to the second game, you see a little progress. Uh, and then in the third game against Dallas, even though we got off to a slow start, thanks to Luka Doncic, uh, he had a lot to do with that, by the way. Oh, yeah. A, uh, MVP candidate. Um, I thought we saw some performances, particularly, um, Paul, you mentioned Paolo. Um, I really thought for him that he really stuck he's beginning to feel the game out a little bit um you know we we've talked about this before anytime you're a a rookie it doesn't matter if you're the first pick or you're just a undrafted player the difference between you know college basketball in the case of paolo um and the nba it's really getting used to the speed and not necessarily the physical speed of the game but how quickly you have to process things, right? That's, um, you know, just a 24 second clock. You get it. You got to make a decision quick. And I think, you know, we, we talked to uh, Jeff Weltman um, the other day and his thing and what he's noticed with Paolo is that Paolo's one of those guys, he wants to win, but he wants, he wants to please the coaches. He's trying to do it the right way. 
And sometimes that whole thing, analysis by, you know, it's paralysis by analysis, I guess, is the term. You're thinking so much that you're hesitant. And I thought we saw in the Dallas game, Paolo just kind of, you know, being encouraged, just recognizing your matchup and take it. If he had a smaller guy on him, was physical, posted him up, got to the basket. If he had a bigger guy on him, a couple of times, JaVale McGee or Christian Wood were matched up with him, put it on the floor, used his quickness and got by him. And so I think as we move along in the preseason, um, you're going to see him uh, really start to process quicker. Um, it's clearly, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be a basketball savant. You can watch him and see this kid is incredible. His size, uh, his quickness, um, is just off the charts. And we're, you know, I mean, it's, it was a great pick for our team. Um, and I, you know, I feel like he's going to be an outstanding player, an all-star caliber player as he moves on in his career. What as a professional were you, you know, you've been through a good few pre-seasons. What were you looking for from that period? Well, I think that, you know, the big thing is, is, you know, you, you, what you're trying to get is familiarity, right? Like, so what happens is you practice and you're practicing against each other. And so, you know, you're, you're working on your play calls, your defensive assignments and things, but understanding that you're, the guy you're competing against is on your team. He knows the call, right? And so, you know, there's there's an advantage to that. Um, and so from a preseason standpoint, what you get is you get to play against somebody else, right? You, you, you get to try out what you've been working on against opponents, um, somebody who hasn't been in your practice. Um, so I think that's, that's the purpose of the preseason, obviously. Um, so as an analyst, what I'm looking at is how quickly guys are picking up the calls. Um, are they making the same mistakes over and over? Are we getting better? And I think if you look at the Memphis game, which was, you know, Memphis playing, you know, a terrific basketball team playing at a very mm -hmm. high level, all the turnovers, the mistakes, um, less turnovers against San Antonio, still fouling a little too much. And then what you saw against Dallas then was less turnovers, less less uh, turnovers live ball, like right in the middle of the court that led to fast break opportunities. We still had some screening fouls and some things like that, that you know, but then they take it out, you set your defense. Um, so less of those, um, ball movement better. And what I really liked in the Senate, or excuse me, the Dallas game was we got down we weren't playing well, and then all of a sudden in the second quarter, what you started seeing, a 40-point second quarter, by the way, for the Magic, yeah. you started seeing rather than the ball moving on the perimeter, you started seeing us being a little bit more assertive, more physical, attacking guys, kicking it out, attacking again. So those are, from an analyst standpoint, and I think as a fan, what you should be watching is, are, is there improvement from game to game in the preseason? And while that's going on, the coaches are evaluating, okay, this group works too well together. This player, uh, you know, this two-man combination is good. Um, it's a lot. And especially this year, in the front court anyway, we've got so much depth. You know, when you're you're looking at, you know, if we assume, you know, that's, that starting front court will be a combination of uh, 
Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr., and Franz Wagner. Now you're looking at the bench, and oh my goodness, you've got Mo Bamba and Bol Bol and Chumo Keke and Mo Wagner, right? Like it's yeah. how do you keep Mo Wagner off the floor, right? I mean, <laughs> he's a guy that's supposed to be your backup third string five man, you know, third string four, but you know, he's doing a lot of good things. And if we get Jonathan Isaac back soon, which we hope, you know, um, boy, the depth there and the competition for minutes is huge. So, you know, it's uh, it's kind of fun to watch all that. Yeah, that was really well put. Um, I, I certainly yeah. thought in that in the Memphis game, the one thing we didn't do enough of was get paint touches. I felt like yeah. we were getting that early drive, but we were kicking the yeah. ball back out too quickly and we weren't getting deep enough. And I, certainly for the Dallas game, you could see those interior passes with Wendell to Paolo and Franz was getting involved in, in the uh, in the San Antonio game as well. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can see more of that in the next couple of games. Um, Jeff, obviously a lot of teams this time of year are full of optimism going into the new season. We're certainly full of it uh, with with the with the uh, the season right around the corner. Uh, hopefully we get a, we're going to sniff a play in spot. That's what we're all hoping to to reach for this year. But last year the Magic finished last in offensive uh, numbers. Finished thirtieth. What's the next step in the process on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, that's um, you know that's a concern, right? I mean, it's not just last year. Over the last you know several years, um, you know we've been in that bottom five uh, in offensive efficiency, um, and, and I think that, you know that's that's a concern, right? That's got to get better. Um, this team is going to be a good defensive team. We saw that kind of grow at the end of last season, right? They were, um, their defensive efficiency over the last 20, 25 games was uh, a top 10 caliber defense. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, the offense is always a little slower, um, especially with young guys. Um, and so I think that's going to be a big key. I think, uh, Mikey, really the, the big thing is the, the, you know, the evaluation of, uh, strengths and weaknesses of each player. Right. And I think, you know, and, and really kind of this offense beginning to gel based on the players, um, you know, it, it's, you look around the league at different teams and, you know, not every team is a great three-point shooting team, right? Like, yeah. uh, or takes a lot of threes. Uh, you know, Philadelphia, um, you know, it, it's going into Embiid because that's where their strength is. Um, San Antonio last year, I know this because we just, I just looked at last year's numbers. Their team is different, but um, didn't take a lot of three-pointers, but they had, they were so good in the mid-range. So I think from an offensive efficiency standpoint for the Magic is trying to find that balance um, where we utilize guys uh, to their to their best ability. And so I'll give you an example. Um, you know, la last night, I'll say last night because uh, we're doing this on a Saturday against Dallas, I thought what you saw a little bit more of was Paolo and Wendell in the post. You don't see a lot of guys posting up anymore, but that's a strength of their game. Um, so you know, recognize and mismatch. If you've got a guy like Wendell Carter Jr., who, you know, you guys have heard me say he's old school, right? Like he could have played back in the, you know, the 80s and 90s when I played when the NBA was 
a inside, you know, the ball started inside before it ever got to the perimeter because we had great post-up guys. I think Wendell is good enough uh, against anybody and uses his size to get him some touches in the paint. You know, obviously that's going to get us to the free throw line, which will make us better uh, offensively. And it collapses the defense a little bit. If he's effective, uh, then that opens things up. You know, you touched on it uh, in the Memphis game. We only had 22 points in the paint because we weren't getting good paint penetration. We weren't collapsing the defense, kicking it out, and then getting another attack to get to the rim. I think if we utilize Paolo and Wendell in that uh, role a little bit more, and I think that Jamal Mosley and his staff are trying to come up with ways uh, to do that, um, I think that's going to help us offensively a little bit. I'd love to also, um, and I think they want to do this too, is play a little quicker right? Mm -hmm. Play a little faster, let your defense, you saw, this is what Memphis does, right? Their, their defense kind of generates um, some yep. easy buckets off turnovers in transition. I think this team can do that. You know, the problem you have is guys getting going so fast, sometimes with a young team, slowing the tempo down, making sure you get execution is the right way. So there's a balance, um, but certainly um, that has to get better for us um, to be a team that's going to challenge for a play-in spot. Um, you've obviously touched upon Paolo in the first couple of games, Jeff. Thank you for that. But you've got to see him up and close, probably in practice. So can he be that guy and merit being taken the, the number one pick? I, I think he can, G. I, I really do. I think, um, you know, the thing about him is, he's, like, when you're, when you're standing next to him, his, like, Physically, like, this is a big guy, right? It's a man mountain, um, isn't he? he? He is. It's like 6'10". I think they're listing him, listing him at like 255 pounds, right? But he, but he, I mean, it's all in his legs and um, it is just, he's put together for a 19-year-old guy. <laughs> um, and then when I watch him in practice, um you know, and I say this about Markel, right? Like you watch guys and they just move differently than everybody else, right? Like they just kind of have a, you know, they flow. I mean, you watch any sport, you know, the great ones all just seem to just move at a different speed than everybody else, right? And see things. And I think that's what, that's what we have in Paolo. Um, clearly, you know, you watch early, um, he can guard a lot of different people. That was a knock on him for some reason coming out of college is that he was, that was a weakness of his defensively. I don't really see that. Um, you know, obviously playing against NBA players, he'll be challenged uh, on the defensive end, but I think he can hold his own. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that part of it is going to be good. He can play all three front court positions, but I think what we've seen so far, though, is like when Franz is there uh, next to him, we saw in the San Antonio game, um, and he's playing kind of strictly at that four position, that the matchups are going to be uh, big for him. Um, I think he can use his speed and size to take advantage there. So, uh, you know, I know I'm a long-winded answer, but, I, you know, I do believe from watching him day to day um, – that he's got a chance to be 
um, be an all-star level uh, player for years to come. Brilliant. Um, let's just touch upon the guard rotation. Um, it's no secret I'm a Mark Alfeld guy. I bang on about him uh, every podcast. Not. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> um, first question, how soon do you believe he'll he'll be returning? Um, and what do you feel is the best guard combination to start and finish games? There's a, you know, th- now you're going to put my, maybe put my coaching hat on here. Um, well, first of all, so, you know, I, I, you know, I think we're all, you know, I hope we're all Markel Fultz fans, um, not just because of what we see as his ability, but um, he's just a, such a great young man who has worked so hard to be ready to go back on the court. So this little broken toe thing is, uh, you know, it's just a, such a annoyance to him, right? Like, uh, I saw him at um, media day. Uh, David and I just kind of, you know, uh, were standing there, and he came running up to say hello to us. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things. But he looks good, right? Like, uh, you can tell he's in terrific shape. Um, you know, they were saying three weeks on this, three to five, three to four, something along those lines. Markel, you know, being the positive guy that he is, didn't think it would be that long. Um, you know, we're just thankful that it's not it's not something structural, right? Like with the knee yeah. and something. Um, you know, it's just they don't want it to be a lingering thing. So I'm hoping, um, you know, optimistic. I, you know, I'd love to see him right at the beginning of November, you know, miss the first you know, maybe week of the season, week and a half of the season and roll him in there. Um, you know, we, again, we, you know, we had uh, Jeff Weltman on our pod squad, uh, you know, and I asked him about, um, about Markel because, you know, everybody's talking, you know, like the magic, you know, what we want to get to is positionless basketball. Right. Um, but when you bring Markel's name up, right. Like, no, 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 wait a minute. Now, that's a point guard, right? That's yeah. an organizer. That's a guy, um, you know, to Mikey's point, gets us better offensively. We're going to execute better. He's the guy, in Jeff's words, that kind of brings this everybody together. Um, so, you know, I, I think ultimately I would love, and, and we saw at the end of last season, right, when he was on the floor, it's just different. Right. He just moves different. He just, he, you know, his ability to get into the paint, the fine guys, it just makes the game easier for everybody else. So, you know, you asked me a guard combination. Eventually, I would see Mark Hill there. Um, I think personally that, you know, Gary Harris is a guy that we've got to talk about. Right. Like, I think we saw the, you know, kind of midway through the season last year when Gary was forced to play uh, extended minutes. Um you know, he gives us a guy that will knock down threes that spreads the floor. Um, another really good defender. Uh, you know, he's going six three, six four, so we got good size there. Um, so I would see him. But you know, again, I, I look at the preseason and I feel good because R.J. Hampton has made huge strides. Right? Yeah. Like watched him in summer league, and I'm thinking, R.J., just slow down, right? And you watch him now in the preseason, and he's playing with so much confidence um, and just making so many good decisions, um, you know, that gives us a little depth there. And, of course, 
you know, our dynamic uh, young guys of Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, um, you know, any of those guys can roll in behind next to Markel um, and they all bring something different, right? Like, you know, whether it's Jalen's defensive intensity, Cole's scoring ability, um, you know, I, I, I love having RJ coming in off the bench, organizing. I'd love to see Cole in that six-man role as well because I just think he – you know, he's got that personality that, you know, he could be one of those great come in 25 minute guys that's going to give you 18 to 20 points. Uh, that's just um, I think that would be a great role for him. So um, I don't know if there's a perfect combination that's for the coaches to figure out. But I certainly think if, you know, when we get healthy, because that's really that's where all of our our medical issues are really right now is in our backcourt yeah. and we're a little shorthanded. So um, we can resolve some of those. I think there's good depth and there'll be great competition for minutes at that, uh, at those two spots. Yeah. Jeff, How did you feel you... last night? Sorry. Go on, Mikey. I was just going to say, Jeff, what do you think's changed with RJ? Because when we watched him in summer league, I think there was a lot of pressure on him going into that as yeah. a third year player. And he really disappointed in summer league. It would just say it how it is, but he looks a completely different player in the first three preseason, preseason games. What do you think's changed? Well, in fairness to RJ, right, is like, you know, we can question his decision-making and it was moving too fast. Yeah. He's playing with better players now, right? Like he's playing with, you know, that he spent a lot of time with, you know, and you're playing with, you know, Chuma and, Mo, you know, Mo Bamba, Mo Bogner. You know, we've talked a little bit about that. Terrence Ross, it's a little bit better caliber player than he was playing with in summer league. Uh, that can take some of the pressure off of him. But, you know, I, I think, um, you know, you've got to give credit, you know, and I, I just think what the staff that Jamal Mosley has put together, um, you know, the, the, the work that they put in with these guys, um, and, you know, the, the confidence they instill in them, I think, um, really benefits, particularly young players. Um, you know, they don't let – these guys get down on themselves. Um, we saw that last year. You know, they were they competed in pretty much every game last year. Um, so, you know, I, I I would I would give first credit to RJ for you know putting in the work and figuring it out. Um, but I would be very surprised if somewhere behind the scenes, whether it's a Nate Tibbetts or a, a Randy Gregory off the back bench, Lionel Chalmers, somebody's in his ear and working with him, being honest with him about the decision-making process. Um, and um, that's that's been a big part of it. But, hey, you know, as you guys know, it, you can put in the work and guys can be encouraging you, but you got to go do it in live action. And RJ, you know, the proof is in the three games. Um, he has been, you could argue, he's been our most consistent player um, through the first three preseason games. The question I was going to ask was exactly about RJ, Mikey. So roll on, man. Roll on. <laughs> okay. Well, just uh, changing subject slightly, Jeff. The NBA are implementing several new rules this season, including warnings for bench players for standing up excessively. And the other is eliminating the take foul or penalising teams for that. Um, what's your thoughts on the changes and the take foul? Is that something, it's something we certainly discussed last year that we wanted to see mm. be brought in? Do you think that's going to help the game? 
I, I think it it will, although, you know, if you guys have been kind of watching uh, the games and stuff so far, we've had none. We've had Evan. no, it has not <laughs> even been an issue. Now it's preseason and maybe guys don't want to waste a foul and, and take one in preseason, but we haven't seen it. It's, it's very interesting because uh, the whole take foul was explained uh, to us at the NBA broadcast meetings by the uh, Monty McKetchen, the head of officials. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of, you know, old players like me that are in the audience and everything. And the question became, you know, like, it, so here's the, here's the thing to watch. And, you know, and the take foul they're trying to get rid of is, you know, there's a fast break opportunity and a guy just grabs, right. Grabs the ball handler, grabs somebody uh, just to stop the, stop the play. Um, the, the, the caveat in all this though, is if the player, the defensive player is making a legitimate play on the ball, like he's reaching for the basketball, right. Or something along those or trying to take a charge or something like that, then it's not rule to take foul. That, that makes sense. Right. Um, so you know, the, the former player who I will not mention that was in the audience and he's absolutely right. NBA players are great at adapting to rules, right? It's, I imagine with any sport, right? You just adapt to the rules. And you learn what you can and can't get away with, right? So what was suggested is probably going to happen is the referees are going to, every time, you're going to slap at the ball, right? You're going to, and so there'll be some uh, decision whether or not it is or isn't a take foul, whether or not the guy was making a play on the ball. And it's not reviewable uh, to start. So it'll have to be, you know, just one of those judgment plays. But I do think it's a good rule, right? I think it will clean up things. Hey, you know, I'm a fan. I want to see the fast break opportunities, the excitement. Uh, I don't want to see the game come to a crawl. What you'll watch, though, is what they've done is the last two minutes of the game. That's that's not there. You you know they're allowing the coaches to manage the clock. So the take rule, uh, the last two minutes of the game, and I believe in overtime um, is off the board. So you know you may see them in those situations. Um, the bench decorum um, thing is probably something that needed to be addressed because um, they showed examples of. You know, players, um, you know, running out onto the floor. Uh, there was a funny one. Uh, it was happened twice they showed where uh, Rajon Rondo um, is. I think he was in, he's in Cleveland now. He was on Cleveland's bench at the end. You know, he's a guy that will be a, a – he'll be a coach in our league. He is actually standing on the floor in the corner while play is going on, you know, talking to his teammates and everything. And so it's little things like that. What they don't want to do, and I don't think is, you know, one thing you love about this current edition of the Magic team is they celebrate every play with their teammates, right? And you love that. So they'll jump up and everything. And it's okay as long as they, you know, quickly retreat and sit back down. Um, It's a safety issue um, because, you know, the benches are so close to the sideline. And – for you guys, when you come to Orlando, right, and you happen to be sitting behind the magic bench, 
you know, it's great. You love their enthusiasm, but my goodness, sit down. I can't see the game, right? <laughs> so, so it has to be good, a good fan experience as well. So those are, I mean, those are little things. Um, and I, and again, the players will adjust and they'll catch on and, and it'll be fine. It'll take one warning on that bench decorum thing. And, uh, that shouldn't be a problem. Who was that player in the in the broadcast meeting? No, I'm just I'm just playing, I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing you know with who you. It was? Playing. Well, I don't know if you guys. I tell you who it was, and and I think you'll be fine with me saying this. Do you? I, do you guys listen to NBA radio uh, mm-hmm. much or anything? You do. Well, then you probably heard afternoons. Antonio Daniels. Yeah. Uh, he does uh, color for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, and Antonio was the one, you know, I mean, he's, uh, he was a guard, you know, up pressuring and everything. And he says, Hey, we're going to do what we have to do. That's what players do. And, you know, he's absolutely right. Players will figure it out. They'll make the adjustment. Did need addressing because there was a couple of incidents. If memory serves me right with the magic last season, towards the end of the season where there wasn't space, the, the opposition was so close to the court. Yes, it, it was starting to affect shooting. You and it wasn't right. I'm I'm pleased to see it. Now this well, and, and the other thing is yeah. is from the, well from you know if it's a safety standpoint too, right? Yeah. If you got everybody standing and the guys uh, all of a sudden you shoot a three point shot, you get off balance and you step on someone's foot, right, or get caught, mm-hmm. you roll an ankle or something like that. So. Didn't want to uh, interrupt you there, Paul, but that's, that was the case. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. But this, this final one, it's not exactly magic-related, although I will work it around to it. Um, but it's something <laughs> the league's talking about. The uh, the little spat um, of the bout between Draymond and uh, Jordan Poole. Um, See, now, that's interesting <laughs> the way you described that, right? Because that's that's what I, you know, like when I played, it was a spat. It was a little yeah. spat, right? But it, it's I, it's a little bit bigger than that. I, I've, I, I've seen that sort of thing in police station parade rooms and satin <laughs> vans where just somebody will not let something go and right. the old dog reacts. G at a game with a referee. I, I, dis- I described it as the puppy got bit. <laughs> Um, you know, the old dog had had enough and the puppy got bit. But how does a situation like that affect the team dynamic? Um, you know, I, I really don't know how to even uh, – to say, you know, it's so funny to me, uh, Paul, is because, like, when I played um, – and I and I say this all the time, is, like, when I played, it, it, it if we win a week uh, of practice <laughs> – and there wasn't a fight in the practice, then something was wrong, right? Like it's, um, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're competing, you're, you know, you're competing with each other, you know, you're, you're together all the time. It's, you know, your brothers, brothers fight, you know, you, you get into spats and everything and you walk away from it. Right. But here's the thing. It wasn't, there was no social media, right? There was no, you know, TMZ's not paying whatever to get footage <laughs> of this, you know. Uh, it just, things just happen. Um, I, I guess for me, um, it is a, it's a pretty serious issue for them because now, you know, there's a feeling they've got to address it. Um, you know, that we've all heard the story of uh, Michael Jordan punching Steve Kerr, right? Like we, yeah. we've heard that. We saw it in the uh, last dance. And so so here's the head coach of the uh, Golden State Warriors, and he's being forced, you know, to 
respond to, you know, they, a situation in practice where one of your leaders is not happy and, you know, it escalates, he throws a punch. Um, You've told I, I us about know. the incident with Scott Skiles and Shaq yeah, back in saying, the days. Yes, right, okay. right. I mean, th these things happen, um, you know, and then you just move on, right? You move on. But now everybody's weighing in and, oh, Jordan Poole needs to respond. And um, so I, I honestly, I don't, in this day and age, I don't know, I don't know how this resolves itself, right? Does it just something else happens and it just goes away, you know, or, um, you know, they handle it in house. Um, does Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, do they feel like they need to suspend him or to address it? Um, I, I don't, I really, I really don't know because, you know, to me, um, you know, to me, it's just part of the game, but, uh, you know, you never want to see, I mean, that was, that was a, that was an ugly punch, right? You never want oh, to yeah. see that, but it's not like this is the first time this has ever happened, right? Um, and you know, if you if you talk to any older players, they'll tell you, you know, this is this is you know, this is part of competition. You know, this right. is um, um, you know, going going to battle every day um, in practice. It's what makes you better. Um, it really is what kind of brings you together a little bit. Um, you know, at some point. Um, probably Draymond and Jordan, I would think, maybe not. Like, and I just know from my experiment, experience, it becomes, you know, a laughing matter. You know, like, uh, you know, like, um, you know, could, you know, Jordan maybe it's like, man, is that all you got? You know, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, is that your best just... job? <laughs> I don't know. You know. Yeah, you really, I don't think you want to invite the second opportunity. <laughs> no. Definitely not. We'll but, see. Yeah, but I, I suppose that being the veteran, you could perhaps expect greater restraint from Draymond Green. So what the interesting was for the just for and again, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, um, carry on. What was interesting was it looked to me from what I saw was Draymond was standing on the sideline, right? Like mm -hmm. he wasn't even involved mm -hmm. in a play. So I don't. You know, you don't know the timeline, right? Like, had there been some trash talk going on for, you know, 20 minutes that just, you know, came to an end? Typically, these things happen when you're on the floor competing against each other, right? And you've just had enough. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. I saw I saw Draymond, he had a press conference shortly before we jumped on here, and he was saying that he was in a bad space because he's, he's been huh? dealing with some personal issues off the floor and he wasn't in the best frame of mind, so maybe he had a shorter fuse and uh, Jordan got under his skin and got on the wrong end of it. But actually, what's funny <laughs> is you, you, you mentioned about TMZ paying for that video. I, I was listening to uh, Kevin O'Connor on the Mismatch podcast earlier discussing it and they were saying maybe they didn't pay for it at all. Maybe it got leaked because he's due his little contract extension and uh, maybe that ah, plays into it. So could be, know. could be, could be. I just hope whoever leaked it that they, they're they rewarded uh, handsomely <laughs> because, man, if the Warriors or any other NBA team finds out you leak something like that, you're done. You've got yeah. no, no future in the league. So Yeah, you, you're looking for another job, most definitely. Yeah, exactly. But I told you I'd work it round to the magic, and this was the only way I could think of working this subject round to the magic, but we had to talk about it. 
as I say, perhaps some, seeing some more restraint from Draymond. But what do you see as the qualities of the veterans that we have in the the locker room at the, the Amway? Well, what I've um, what I've seen, there are not many of them, Paul. You never no, realize exactly. that. Yeah, <laughs> like we are a very yeah. young young team, and then when you start really looking at it, and you start saying, "Who are the veterans?" You know, you could call Wendell a veteran, right? You could call, um, you know, Mo Bamba is a, is a fifth year guy now. You know, so um, but I guess for me. Um, when I listen to the guys talk um, and, and they talk about, you know, like a Terrence Ross, right. What the, you know, they talk about um, his, you know, just the way he's prepared, the way he works, um, the way he does things around the locker room. Um, I've been really impressed with the, the three guys that are hurt and, Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harrison, Markel Fultz. Um, you know, a lot of teams, um, you know, when I played, you weren't allowed to be hurt, right? So the way they they discourage you from milking being injured was you had to come to practice, be there for the entire time, and then any rehab or anything you did, that was on your time, right? So your day became really, really? long. Yeah. And so wow. uh, in the – in the facility that we have now, everything is right there, right? This it, this training facility, the Magic have built, is incredible, um, and so it could it would be possible for those three guys to you know be on the side on a bike or working on their condition or doing some things. You're not seeing it, right? They are uh, on the sideline. They're walking. They're making observations. They're engaged. Um, which you think about it, especially for Jonathan Isaac, my goodness, you know, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't played since the bubble. All right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. been a couple of years um, and he's right there, um, you know, with his uh, teammates making suggestions, talking to the coaches and things. I think those things go a long way in the locker room from a leadership standpoint. Um, not so much maybe what they're saying, but just um, helping young guys understand what um, what professionalism looks like, you know, to be a pro um, in the NBA and, and and all the other things that go into it besides just what you do on the court. Yeah, I mean, I wrote earlier in the seat, uh, in the summer that you've really got to consider that both Markel and Jonathan Isaac are kind of two of our veterans, and when you yeah. look at the number of games that both have played in the NBA. It's still very, very low when you're talking about the the um, years that they've been in the league and you're considering them to be veterans as, as part of our team. Yeah, and, you know, the positive on that, if you want to spin it where they missed a lot of games and they've got, you know, the, the injuries. But um, with the technology today and the injury rehabilitation, if you think about it, you know, if they can get them back um, healthy and solid, which is, it seemed that Markel was there before this toe yeah. injury. Um, that they, they don't have a lot of miles on them, right? Like you know, the 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 constant wear and tear of going up and down the court and and uh, and the schedule of eighty two games. Um, that's really not been a huge factor for those two guys. So you hope that you know they can be healthy. 
they can be strong, injury free, and you know their their careers are still you know big chunk of it is in front of them, um, which would be great for the Magic because both of those guys um, have skill sets that um, you know they're starters on pretty much you know most teams in the NBA. Jonathan, you know, listen, we talk about what we've seen so far. We all understand that if Jonathan Isaac can get back healthy and play this year, changes everything, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it, it really – we take a step defensively. We take a step offensively. I mean, that's the way he was playing before he got injured. Um, he's a difference maker on the floor. So um, – but, you know, it, it, it doesn't do us any good, him sitting in street clothes on the side. we got to get him out there. I'm sure – Go on, Mikey. Go. I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure we're obviously all hoping for, for more health this year. I'm sure you are as well, Jeff, because I'm sure there was a part last year where you thought you were going to have to dust off your sneakers and, and suit up at one point last year. Boy, there was a stretch there, guys, where we, you know, we, I might as well have been calling a Lakeland Magic G League game. I mean, you think of all the guys, right, we had playing there for a while. And I mean, those guys came in and did a great job, but... Um, you know, with the with the not only the injuries, but with the you know the health and safety protocols and and all that, we had guys in and out of the lineup. You know, with uh, you know we got Hassani Gravett starting one night. You know, Admiral Schofield, and we're, you know we're bringing guys um, you know off the just signing them and they're throwing them out there. So um, it, it is does make my job a lot easier if we've got a very consistent. <laughs> the guys uh that we're building from and uh uh you know and it makes i'm sure it makes the coaching staff uh, a lot happier too when they know what they've got every night going into a game on that note jeff do you still play a little bit in your spare time or are you fully no, retired now i am fully retired i am um i i am I am contemplating. No, I'm not contemplating. It's going to happen. My wife has had enough of me, but uh, I am going to have to finally do something about my knee. I have, uh, uh, you know, had four surgeries on my left knee uh, and, you know, just all the years and everything like that. I'm, I'm really starting to like wake up in the morning and, and feel it. So um, I'm, I'm, I will join the legions of bionic uh, uh, men around the world that have, you know, had replacement uh, parts uh, here. I'm, I'm thinking I may do that after the season. I, I just, uh, you know, I just can't run up and down. Now, I will tell you this. Um, I'm still pretty formidable uh, in a game of horse. Uh, any kind of shooting game where I can just stand still. Uh, the competitive juices come out, um, you know, even the little kids, you know, in the neighborhood and stuff like that. I, you know, I just go right at them. Right. I just won't. I know. <laughs> don't take it easy. Right. That's just. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to make that happen in two weeks time, Jeff. Post game. Bring it on, <laughs> fellas. We'll do it. <laughs> Can I just say that that last question as a 54 year old bloke, I know full well that last question came from a very much younger man asking <laughs> if at our age you're still playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I, you love the, you love the game, so uh, yeah. well I do. But you know the the funny thing is is um, 
you know, when I, I took a little bit, you guys know, but uh, after I did radio for a while, I took a little, uh, little break uh, and coached and, and taught for a little bit uh, before I came back to do television for the magic. And so I was in my, you know, forties uh, and, you know, I, I, I just felt like, you know, I needed to show these young kids, you know, how to play and stuff. So I would, you know, I would get out and, and, and play and, uh, I'd go home at night and I'd, you know, get all the ice bags and everything <laughs> like that, you know, swallow an Advil, Tylenol, whatever it would take. And it would, it would take me two weeks to recover. So I, yep. <laughs> I learned my lesson. It's a, it's a young man's game. It's not for, uh, for a young guy like you, Paul, I just turned 60 this year, so yeah, I'm not. I, I am done. <laughs> My golf game's getting there, though. My golf game's getting better. Yeah, oh, there's, there's, there's always improvements to be made as we grow older. There's always improvements. There you, you can always be learning, yet. But, mate, I, I've just got to say thank you so much for coming on. We genuinely do appreciate it. Um, I know that you've took a break from helping neighbors and the community clean up uh to come and do this and best wishes to you all man best wishes to you all uh, you, you guys know i love doing this and you can call me anytime and let's just pretend that you know you you, you just wanted me we did want especially you. We did for want the one hundred. It was great episode, to have you right? back with us. It wasn't. It wasn't just me in the queue. It's you know you just needed <laughs> this episode. I went, hey, at I least that's what that's what I want you to tell David. I want you to tell David that. Don't you? <laughs> really, two weeks' time, my friend. We will be stood, hopefully courtside, having a chat to nice. you in person. We look nice. forward I look to forward now. to seeing y'all. That's great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Now we will be recording next on Saturday, the fifteenth of October. And until then, thank you for listening to us. Stay up to date with all the latest um, Orlando Magic news by subscribing to our YouTube channel, the Orlando Magic UK, and following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all that Orlando Magic UK. Uh, so from Jeff, Mikey, Garan, and myself, until next week. Go Magic.